thanks so much for joining us for Faith in Four Letter Words, where we take an unapologetically real look at surviving the boys' club, perfect poly, and motherhood, all while living in a glass fishbowl. I'm Amanda Goodman. And I'm Tara Thomas. A unique opportunity for us. We are in person together, not wearing masks because we're fully vaccinated, seated across from one another inside the very chic Pixel Lab studio where your podcast makes you feel like you're we're big time now. I feel very trendy. Pixel Labs, first of all, <laughs> it's the place. It's the place to be. And this studio, they redid this whole studio and it is hip. I mean, it looks like right out of, you know, New York City or LA. Absolutely. For real. So if you want to get a podcast, I'm telling you, anybody can do a podcast. If we can do a podcast, anybody can do a podcast. But I need to get right into it, first of all. It's nice to see you face to face. It is. Let's not lie that we've had lunch many a time. But <laughs> um, I have to talk about Rachel Hollis. And I like to stay humble 99.9% of my my life, except when I know that I was absolutely right about something and I called it. So we know Rachel Hollis, girl, wash your faith, a uh, face author. What does she do? That Rise Conference where she, um, is it a Christian-based conference? Yeah, very high profile. And somebody who I thought, just from the, the content I've seen, really sold herself as the every woman. So very relatable. Right. My thing is, though, if you have to tell people how relatable you are, you know, and it's interesting that you talked about being relatable. So Rachel Hollis had controversy. She posted a story, uh, something on Instagram, a video, and she talked about her, uh, the, the, the nice lady that was there to clean her toilets. So somebody fired back on Instagram and said, you're totally not relatable. Rachel Hollis comes back and says, I don't want to be relatable. She basically says that tells every woman that she works harder than most women because she wakes up at 4 a.m. Basically, she's the only one who works hard. Um, and she compared herself to Harriet Tubman. Oh, my gosh. She, Are like, you kidding me? She's like, I look at women like Harriet Tubman, Oprah Winfrey. They're not relatable. I'm just like them. You are not. Well. You are not a Harriet Tubman. You're not Oprah Winfrey. You're not. No. She compared herself to Ruth Bader Ginsburg. Oh, my gosh. You know, first of all, you're not for women because you just knock down every woman. She's, in my opinion, I'm going to call it out. And, you know, and somebody called me out. They're like, Amanda, you normally you know, lift up other women up. This is why I'm not lifting this woman up and I'm done playing the Rachel Hollis game. Because every time she has a gaffe, every time she posts a video that people don't like or she posts some words that people don't like, or like when she plagiarized her most of her books and all her quotes, she blames it on her PR team. She's like, ah, the, my PR team. My P. She never takes accountability. So I am not going to lift a woman up who is throwing other women under the bus consistently. Well, here's what's interesting. When you think about how people rise to notoriety years ago, because we didn't have the reach and the accessibility of something like social media, you truly had to grind through the trenches to reach a claim. So if you were an author, you didn't have Kindle and your book wasn't instantly released to everybody's tablets and you had to do the book tour grind, the publicity machine didn't exist like it does today. So, I mean, people truly had to spend years building a following. And what happened is enter reality TV and instant celebrity. So I think of like a Kim Kardashian, and we were talking about her, and we've mentioned the Kardashians before. For better or worse, they are the quintessential example of how people amassed fortune and fame 
off of really shallow level things, but I don't fault them in some respects because people find them entertaining. And so they figured out via Chris how to make a buck on being, you know, everyday people who love to get fillers and have butt implants. I mean, right. it's so bizarre when right. you think about that. But the point is, is when you look at a Kim, no one would ever say, oh, my gosh, she's done X, Y, Z in terms of her body of work. I mean, literal body is where she she found notoriety. So in contrast... <laughs> You're talking about the sex tape, you <laughs> Exactly. In contrast to other, you know, I guess celebrities or in many cases actors... She didn't bust tables in West Hollywood to no. find bit parts to eventually land, you know, a premiere role. I mean, and so there was no, in the case of Rachel Hollis, there was no body of work or lifetime of sacrifice that probably led yeah. her to the position she's in because right. she was sort of an overnight success. And I think she has merit, but get in line I because you are no more talented than any other, you know, social media right. personality. You know, the, the first of all, if she calls me sis one more time, I'm gonna punch her in the <laughs> face. She's always like, "No, sis, listen, sis. No, first of all, don't. You, you, you know what I mean?" <laughs> and then she, the, this is the quote. She says, "Literally everything I do in my life is to live a life." that most people can't relate to. So let me break it down, Miss Hollis. You're right, I can't relate to you because you sought after your husband who works for Disney and you methodically planned those little Instagram videos that you were posting and those Facebook videos that the one that that's what made me fall in love with her at first because it was this talking about this busy mom running around, never taking time for herself. I didn't know that it was, this, it was scripted. And her husband produced it. She wasn't running around doing all of this stuff, you know? Wow. So she had a lot of people helping take care of her kids, helping people cook her meals and doing all this, which kudos to her. If you have the resource to do it, go ahead. But you are now alienating every working woman, stay at home woman, like any any person at home that is in the grind. So you, you're right. She became an overnight sensation with the help of her multi-million dollar husband who had a high level executive job at one of the biggest media companies in the world. Right. So you shut your mouth and take a seat for a minute and let the people who started their careers like you and I making below minimum wage. Right. Oh, below absolutely. minimum wage. Then you can call me sis. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. That's so funny. I it's hard <laughs> especially with people like you and me for being so jaded, it is hard for me to take anybody seriously or take it as sincere when they rise to the level of a Rachel Hollis. And I know that's not fair because we are in a culture and, and I probably contribute to this where everybody wants to like tear down, you know, the person who rises to the top. And I think that the, the part that's hard about that for a lot of women is you then have to accept and realize like if you are an authentic person if you truly are this down-to-earth you know every mom odds are you're never going to be a Rachel Hollis you're never going to be an Oprah Winfrey if you're in TV I mean because we are just going to have way too many sacrifices that we feel can't be made in our personal life to be able to achieve that sort of level or status. I mean, she's different, like you said, with her husband, because she had kind of a built-in producer. But what I mean by that is if you look at Oprah, I mean, she gave up being married. She gave up having children because she rose right. through the ranks of TV and ultimately became, you know, this mogul. 
And at what cost? Because I've often thought about how she always would talk about like it was her dream to like have, you know, this huge home and look out the window and have a huge grove of trees. And and that was something that as a child she envisioned as inattainable in her low income life, but overcame the odds. And obviously the rest is history. But I sometimes think, yeah, but when you get that mansion and you have that grove of of beautiful trees to look out on was it all worth it Mm. if you sacrificed everything in your personal life other than being bffs with gail and having um you know a relationship with a guy stedman who i don't know and i obviously i'm completely making some of this up i don't even know if they live together because she has so many homes and he has his own life or whatever so i mean i just you know it's just not for everyone it's not for us But at the same time, like, if you want to get to that level, are you going to have to sort of give everything up in your personal life? In many respects, yes, because as we are honest and have always said from the beginning, you cannot do it all. You can't. No, you cannot. And so I think the reason she rubbed me the wrong way is because she fooled everybody with her authenticity. And so people like you and I, we are unapologetically real about everything. It angers some people, other people love it, right? (laughs) So we are on a, but we want to, because we want to be relatable, right? We were never in anything to make a buck. Mm. So I, for me, like, I remember when Rachel comes, came to the area, she was out here in the Midwest and I had friends left and right buying her a ticket. I'm like, why are you going to, you know, see her? Why? Well, she's a Christian. She uplifts women. Do you realize in her book, she said that she would never go to an overweight friend for advice? Oh, wow. I mean, she said that because she said, well, if someone's overweight, then they clearly don't take care of themselves. Go sit and spin, honey. Oh, my gosh. I mean, like it was and but she was like under this like fake cloud. I mean, this woman should have been I, I do not believe in the cancel culture. I do not. Right. This is one I will stand behind. This woman should have been canceled three years ago because everything she is doing, she doesn't give a damn about women. She doesn't give a damn about lifting. She just has said it in black and white over and over and over. And people are like, no, forgive her. She's a Christian. No, she's not. Because she's throwing every woman under the bus. So she was the one who had that Girl, Wash Your Face book that was turned into a documentary and people were buying tickets to go see it in the theater. I do remember this. Girls stop apologizing. And then like, how do we get here? Like all this stuff. She's the one that was saying, um, you know, her life is basically, it was something about like taking a two week, she went into depression because she couldn't take her two week European vacation. Oh, wow. So that's what she wants to do. Like, And then, you know, she's talking about she works harder. And while she, while she was saying that she works harder than any other woman, okay, there's a woman behind her cleaning and scrubbing her toilets. Pretty sure that woman's working harder than you. Oh, my gosh. Right? Absolutely. It was just well, great. Well, here's the thing that will make me appear that I'm, you know, ready to put on a frock and can vegetables, but... I I have a hard time, and I'm not domestically inclined, as you know, if you've ever listened to us, but I just have a hard time with everybody, especially in the, the feminist realm or in the realm of female empowerment. I have a hard time when it crosses into this almost um, defensive sort of anti-everything mentality. And And what I mean by that is there comes a point where you being this sort of independent-minded, um, you know, girl, wash your face, girl, don't apologize. 
at what cost to your husband and your children if you believe in, you know, sort of this traditional family structure? And for us, that's what we've, you know, our lot in life that we have have chosen. I mean, that's what we wanted. We wanted to be married with kids. And so I just think that sometimes it turns into this almost feminist push that is destructive to a traditional marriage and family because I'm not going to come home and announce, you know, to my husband that, oh, guess what? Like, I'm too special and too important to be, you know, a team player here. And so I don't have to apologize to you. I don't have to clean my toilet. And frankly, you know, everybody can just get in line when they need me because, you know, I'm going to I'm going to rule the world. And it's like, no, it's like I can't do it alone. Right. I'm not in charge of everything and then, you know, bossing a team of hired help around to take care of all the little things. Like, it's just, it goes too far when we have this attitude that as women, like, no one should ever tell us what to do. And, you know, boy, you better sit down and shut up. And it all, it just speaks to our culture where we are like emasculating men and acting like part of female empowerment means that you have to have like pushover males around you oh, who, yeah. who you know, jump at your every beck and call. And I just, I hate that because it's like, I don't want my husband to be this, um, you know, spineless pushover. Like he better check me and stand up to me just like 100%. I would do the same to him, you Absolutely. know? Absolutely. And my husband, my husband's my, co- like today's our anniversary. And oh, that's is, right. Happy anniversary. Thank you. And it, I, you know, and I am not mushy. My husband is Latino. So my husband is very like passionate and wants to hold hands and hug. I am not. Like I am like my <laughs> Sicilian grandmother. I'm like, don't hold my hand. Like I'm fine. Like we don't do mush. Like we joke around more, but he is the calm to my wild. Like I will go on a rage and he's like, you need to relax. Don't tell me to relax. Like, I mean, I just have that Italian Sicilian temper and he kind of brings me down and it is that balance. But I don't want my hut. Like I will never, I am honestly the first one to apologize. If we have a disagreement, I'm the first one, like I'm the first one to apologize and stuff because I want her, him to you know, like, look, I'm, I will recognize, I take mm-hmm. ownership. But that you you hit the nail on the head because you're talking about when we talk about female empowerment, that doesn't mean like we talked about. I've said it over and over. I don't need to burn my bra. I don't need to wear a knitted kitty on my head. <laughs> you know, I don't need to do any of that. You know, I don't want more than my husband. That's right. I just don't want less than. And well, and the reason I mention it, I can't I can't even think of her name. But there were other bloggers and very high profile female empowerment. Rachel Hollis types who out of the blue after like projecting themselves as this like perfect marital structure oh we're getting a divorce like we just grow apart and I'm like no like you became so self-inflated and important you think you're like yeah you think you're better and it's like no I mean that extends from your relationships all the way out to like you said all the the followers and the sheep who you are influencing and it's like no you are not better and she clearly in the end, the fame got to her because that's the danger that we both we have we definitely had, you know, a moment of sort of grabbing that brass ring and realizing like, oh, my gosh, like this can be intoxicating and it can overtake you. And I know many people who have let themselves fall into that trap of like, oh, I have all this money or I'm popular oh, sure. and then thinking Mm-hmm. That that is, you know, some secure end game. And the fact is, like, the the mo' money, mo' problem 
rap lyric could never be more true. I mean, anytime you you know get into a position where you make a lot more money or you have a lot more influence, you better believe that that's when the haters will come knocking at your doorstep. Uh, yeah, and that's the reason that you have to be 100% authentic because if you were pretending, and then in my opinion, Rachel Hollis was a per- this this influencer as she called herself, one of the she calls herself one of the original influencers. She was projecting a phony life. Yes. A phony life for whatever reason. And people bought into it. And so she became this multimillionaire because of this phony life. And so now her house of cards, everything's crumbling. She's being exposed to for who she really is. And people are learning, oh my God, I don't really I don't like her. You know, she's kind of mean. She's not a girl's girl. She's all she's in it for herself. And it's like yeah, we saw it, you know, three years ago. We called it three years ago. Um, and so because she was al- alleged to be plagiarizing, she was and plagiarizing then they found the evidence Tara, that she was plagiarizing. She like plagiarized like Maya Angelou. Oh my gosh! Like she was like, and someone's like, "That's not your quote." And she was like, "You know, oh, you know, I said this. No, no, girl, no, sis, that wasn't you." <laughs> like she was misquote, and it was all in her book. So I was thinking to myself. And I was just angry. And I'm like, why is this? This woman is selling out all these events, which good for your success. But it was based on a mountain of lies and deception in order for like her to line her pockets. And oh, then to come back 100%. and say, everything I do is I don't want to be relatable. I don't want you to be able to relate to me. We are. I am so much more important to you is basically what she's saying. Do you remember when the author duped Oprah? And had been selected to be part of her book club. I mean, this really dates me because oh, I, remember I remember all yeah. these yeah. crazy scenarios. He had been selected in to be in her book club, which instantly makes you a bestseller back in the day when her book club was everything. I mean, it was driving the New York Times bestseller list. And it was a guy, an author, his first name was James. And obviously I didn't retain it because he was a fraud. But I remember when I found out that he had plagiarized and duped Oprah, I just thought, I mean... A horse head is going to end up in his bed. Oh my god! <laughs> Can you oh imagine? God, I mean, I know. seriously, like at the moment he walked out of the house when that broke, I mean, he was in fear of his life. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it just made me laugh, and so... I and and it's and the thing that is almost sad about what you described, like our cancel culture, is once in this case somebody like her is sort of outed or you know, oh my gosh, like I should have never said that condescending post, even though that's how I really feel. I mean, once that happens, it's like game over. You know, you don't get, no one is giving you second chances. And so I think we both on a very small scale, we can relate to that because we were always one newscast away from being canceled. I mean, can you imagine, think of the times when people have stupidly fumbled and said like a racial slur or something that is indicative sometimes to me of maybe somebody who uses that language in their personal life. So thankfully for us, like that was never an never. issue. But no. when that has happened, right. I've always I've often thought, oh my gosh, like I too could have some complete brain labs and I could say something where it might not be something that you could take back. Like it could be and one time we were talking about the CEO of a local like world international company that's like based out of Eastern Iowa. They accidentally put up a graphic, sex offender graphic, as that story was going. Yeah. So I just remember later being like, oh, my gosh, like if I and I don't even I can't remember if it was me or my co-anchor who read the story. 
And we didn't realize until after that, like the the graphic over the shoulder didn't match, you know, what we were saying. But then you have that moment where you're like, and I'm going to be the one that's fired because I'm the one who sat out here and was dumb enough to read it and couldn't control the graphic over my shoulder. Yeah, there was a case where <laughs> I was, there was a story where it was an officer involved shooting and the producer, um, we had the word cop was in there and I referred to him as a cock. Oh so gosh. I mean, and it so it looked like I was blaming like this police officer. I'm like, you know, in the cock allegedly accused of doing this, and I'm like, dear <laughs> God, I should be fired on the spot. You <laughs> said cock instead I of did. cop. I oh said, my gosh, that you know, is so, so funny. But it was before social media. Oh, thank God. So, but <laughs> I just think, you know, we, you and I have talked about it. Like some people need ignored, and other people need checked. Rachel Hollis is one of those because women, she needs checked because women were searching for somebody else to inspire them to feel relate to be relatable, right? To, you know, your day is like my day. You know, we're trying to do all these things to give me some Christian um, inspiration, read some Bible verses, make them relate. And she is an absolute fraud, absolute fraud. And women deserve better than the Rachel Hollis's of the world. Like, I don't care that you have a cleaning lady. So do I, because I hate cleaning bathrooms. But when somebody comes to my house, I feel guilty. I'm like, oh my God, I'm so sorry. My house is so messy. Oh my God, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. Thank you, you for helping me. You have to clean before the cleaning I clean before come. the cleaning lady. <laughs> but I do it because I literally, like, I exactly. don't like to do it. And I'm bad at it. I've hated cleaning bathrooms since I was a kid. I hope that makes me relatable. Oh, for sure. I mean, like, I want that. I don't want to be non-relatable. Like, let me let me tell you something. I roll up to a light in my minivan and I'm jammed to like Tupac hit him up, right? <laughs> That's who I am. You know, my idea right now of dressing up is I have my good leggings on. <laughs> These are my good compression leggings. Like that's, I'm relatable and I'm not trying to like pat myself on the back. You're relatable because we don't think we're better than anybody. And that's, you know, Miss Hollis, girl, bye. <laughs> bye, sis. Bye, sis. <laughs> Thanks for joining us. Have a great week.